Welcome to Top Stories. It's producer Chris. Who doesn't love a bit of nuclear news? That's right, nukes. Woo! That's right, there was more international law flouting by North Korea. It was in June 2009 and in Bugle issue 76 was titled, Does Kim Jong-il Have the Grapes to Start a War? Top story this week, they got the power! (laughs) (coughs) That's better. Better out than him. Stop auditioning for a record contract on this (laughs) season. There has been some tremendous nuke news this past week, Andy. It's, a, it's another one step forward and 35 giant steps back in international relations with North Korea. Kim Jong-il, a.k.a. Captain Crazy, a.k.a. Deputy Douche, a.k.a. the Prince of Pandemonium, has conducted a major underground nuclear test explosion which could be felt in Chinese villages 130 miles away. And you know the pattern now, Andy. Kim Jong-il flouts international law and leaders around the world line up to deliver some stern, empty rebukes. (laughs) Uh, President Obama stood on the White House steps and said that North Korea pose a grave threat to the peace and security of the world and I strongly condemn their reckless action. And he wasn't alone. World leaders have responded with nouns, adjectives and verbs of (laughs) unprecedented harshness. Even Moscow and Beijing pointed fingers at Pyongyang, with China expressing its resolute opposition to the test, and uh, defence officials in Russia said it was an explosion up to 20 kilotons, making it comparable to the American bombs that flattened Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. Well, how did North Korea respond to this unanimous public scolding, Andy? They fired two more missiles just a few hours later. (laughs) Seems like that message really got through to them. Who knows, maybe they were planning to fire off 50 missiles, but were so ashamed of their current behaviour, they reduced it to a trifling two instead. I guess we'll just never know. Right, here goes. Strap in. This is the world record attempt, John. The Bugle, as we know, uh, is a broadsheet audio newspaper that addresses the big issues seriously and with uh-huh. intellectual rigour. Yes. But how do you think the Bugle would report this story if it were a tabloid only interested in headlines containing word plays? Uh-oh. Well, I think what we'd have to say in that situation would be... Let, uh, let, me, let me just buckle up first, okay. Andy. John, is this situation careering out of control? If so, how Kim? The issue is getting complicated. <laughs> it's like a jungle. It's getting Pyong the pale. Oh, yang it all. The situation is Chonjin all the time. <laughs> Chonjin is a city in northeast North Korea. Hey, Kim, if you're listening, I do wish you'd grow up. Haiju, also a North Korean city. You loser! The Yalu River is on the border between North Korea and China. I tell you, I'm not happy about this. Amnok is the Korean name for the Yalu River. And you are to blame! Anju is another city. You've been very Silla. Silla, an ancient Korean kingdom. Now, just you hang on a minute. Give me one good reason we should let you get away with this. Hangul is the Korean alphabet. The one is the North Korean currency. Call me here and say that. Self-explanatory. <laughs> Actually, don't. I wouldn't want to be Sinuiju in public. Sinuiju, that's another North Korean city. Oh, Kim on, you're being a total cult. You better sling it and fast. Horyong now. Horyong, that's another city. This Stop. friendship, <laughs> this friendship died on the vine. Died on that's a river. Okay, now bike do you in America, John? Bike do. That's a big oh. North Korean mountain. Oh what do you reckon? God. See, Jong, it wasn't that difficult. See, Jong, that was a 15th century uh, no, Korean no, no. So I'll, I'll leave it to you now. Go, Jong. Go, Jong, of course, the first emperor of the Korean Empire. 22 North Korea-based puns, John. What, what record are you trying to break there? Most North Korean-based puns. Not number of suicides during a joke. <laughs> Either way, you're going to get on the podium. <laughs> 
Well, congratulations, Andy. Thanks, mate. I can hear the uh, the pride in your voice <laughs> as they were spewing out like a bullshit waterfall. Uh, Susan Rice. Andy, no, I'll change the, the subject. <laughs> Susan Rice, the US ambassador to the UN, said that North Korea will pay a price for their actions. But hold on. Hold on here. What price exactly are we planning on invoicing them? Sanctions aren't going to do any good. We've tried them. The people of North Korea already live in extreme poverty. It's going to be very difficult to make life much worse for them in the Hail Mary hope that they might turn on the leadership they've been brainwashed to worship. So the big question seems to be, why? Why do this now? What benefit do you gain from pissing off the entire world? Let's remember, even China and Russia are against this. Do you know how hard it is to piss the entire world off? (laughs) You're usually able to get some people on your side, even if it's just to piss the other side off. In a way, this is a huge achievement for North Korea. Could it be that the next world war is going to be every single nation on the planet against North Korea? The UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon said he was deeply worried by this development. And, and in the way the world is now, he must have replaced the chair in his office with a toilet. It's just easier. That way, every time his phone rings, he's ready to respond in the appropriate way. Hold on a second, I've got Iran on the line. Uh, just give me five minutes. I guess, so objectively, though, John, uh, we shouldn't get too fussed about this. I mean, we've had 56 years of, uh, of peace in Korea now in the Korean Peninsula, so I guess we can't really complain if this now spills over into a global nuclear holocaust. But I have to say the timing's not great. I just really hope it doesn't kick off before the uh, Ashes series is, is finished. You know, it's the most right. eagerly awaited cricket series uh, in England for four years. It'd be such a shame if it was overshadowed by the destruction of humanity. Well, you know, at least you've got uh, you've got everything in perspective, Andy. Yep. That's the important thing. That's right. But um, there was a statement uh, issued by the Korean People's Army uh, this week. Uh, quite an entertaining statement. And they use these exact words. Those who provoke the Democratic People's Republic of Korea once will not be able to escape its unimaginable and merciless punishment. <laughs> well, they're rather defeats the rather kind of dry press releases put out by uh, other militaries around the world. Yeah. It does raise two points, John. One, maybe we shouldn't take it too seriously. I mean, we all say things in the heat of the moments during a squabble that we later regret. I mean, just the other day I was having a bit of a domestic with the wife. She said mm-hmm. I couldn't have an ice cream until I'd eaten my vegetables. Yeah. And that I wasn't allowed to watch telly until I'd tidied my bedroom. And uh, well, I got a, bit, got a bit angry and said, you will not be able to escape my unimaginable and merciless punishment, darling. <laughs> it will be swift and deadly, and generations to come will look upon the devastating devastation unleashed by my mighty power and quake with fear and dread, honey bunch. Please going to have that ice cream now. So I'm sure the uh, Korean people's arm just a bit overstressed, John. I understand. Well, they spend a lot of time marching around in uniform parading stuff, but never actually getting to use it. So uh, it's understandable right. they're a bit crotchety. But to me, that statement by the Korean People's Army, John, that sounds like a challenge. Those who provoke the Democratic People's Republic of Korea once will not be able to escape its unimaginable and merciless punishment. That is a challenge, John. Are they all mouth and no trousers, or some mouth and a pair of pantaloons? Well, <laughs> let's find out. Let's issue an official bugle provocation to Uh-oh. the Democratic Republic of Korea. Are you sure this is a good idea, Andy? I just, just want to see what they're made of, John. I'm, I'm just saying he's wound pretty tight, that guy. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they've got the internet there, so I think we'll probably be all right. Oh, OK. So, uh, OK, Democratic People's Republic of Korea, let's start with your name. Well, that's a pile of shit for a start. I mean, most countries <laughs> that actually use democracy and give a flying f*** about their people don't feel the need to proclaim it in their name. Now, I admit that is a bit rich coming from someone in the United Kingdom. Not particularly united. Doesn't have a king at the moment, but the point stands. Anyway, North Korea, your weapons testing programme is bullshit. GCC standard missiles at best. Your economy is so bad even Robert Mugabe wouldn't wash his balls in it. Your people look like they're bored of having been stuck at home for 50-odd years. Your leader is not pretty enough to carry off having his picture so prominently and ubiquitously displayed. Your football team's done nothing since fluking it into the 1966 World Cup quarterfinals. 
you wouldn't even know which end of a cricket bat to hold, let alone how to play a textbook cover drive with it. All in all, Democratic People's Republic of Korea, I wouldn't live in you if you were the last nation on earth. Not without serious and wide-ranging reforms of your entire socio-political systems and a more mature and conciliatory attitude towards foreign affairs. Come and get me. Come and That's get me. That's a smackdown, Andy. It's like watching Eight Mile. I sit back and await your unimaginable and merciless punishment with interest. Maybe it's possible that this is all just a cry for attention, Andy. Kim Jong-il is acting like a slighted toddler, <laughs> seeing all the attention that Obama's giving the Middle East and starting to throw his loudest toys out of the pram. Maybe this is just a tantrum. North Korea has become an unruly child. We've tried everything with them. We tried punishment the Korean War in the early 50s. We've tried completely ignoring them, but they've survived the longest naughty corner isolation imaginable. And then we've tried rewarding them with disarmament incentives, but they haven't really responded to that either. We, we clearly need a kind of international super nanny to come in and teach them some manners. One thing's for sure, we aren't going to do anything about this. And that is a difficult position to negotiate from. And the reason that we're not going to do anything is that not only do they have nuclear weapons, they also have a million troops on the South Korean border. The incredible thing about this is they really have nothing to protect. They're one of the most impoverished groups of citizens on the planet. Most of the country doesn't have electricity. It's like putting the most expensive security system ever made on an empty house. <laughs> It's such a shame, though, because things were looking so good. North and South Korea had their first formal talks for more than a year at the end of April, and they lasted, these talks, an entire 22 minutes. <laughs> now, that might sound like a catastrophically short time, but you clearly don't realise how low the bar is between these two. Anything better than a meeting ending in a fist fight is a major step forward. And This meeting uh, had been delayed for four hours because of a row over the venue and agenda. That is never a good sign. Andy, if you're already arguing before you get into the room about what room to argue in, <laughs> it's hard to maintain any kind of optimism. North Korea is one of the most secretive nations on Earth. It's like their whole country is one of those teenage diaries with a little padlock on the front. Except in this case, the padlock is a nuclear warhead. However, with the rise of Google Maps, it means that so-called citizen spies have been chronicling quite interesting details online about this most enigmatic of states. They've spotted what you know they think might be uh, mass graves from the 1995 famine. Also, the vast residencies of Kim Jong-il and other leaders are visible, one of which apparently has, and I quote, a spectacular water slide. <laughs> and, and it's true. I looked at it, and it does look like an absolutely amazing water slide. And there's been something of a global outcry over this tiny detail. How can he have a spectacular water slide when his citizens live in such poverty? But here's the thing. I don't think that the problem is that he has this water slide. It's that he's clearly not using it enough. <laughs> If every time he felt the urge to test a nuclear weapon, he had a quick go on his water slide, the world would be a far more stable place. We shouldn't be criticising him for this. We should be encouraging him. Let's have a whip round and get him a wave machine, too. That might distract him for a bit. Then a bouncy castle, maybe one of those colourful ball pits, and a helter-skelter. If we can get his back garden to look like Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch, we are going to win this diplomatic war. Hear more of our shows, buy our Dancy Lagarde book, and donate to thebuglepodcast.com and keep it alive at thebuglepodcast.com. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. 
God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs> 